Welcome to KJV Cafe, where we explore great truths from God's holy word in a simple, down-to-earth fashion. Romans 10:17 shows us where faith comes from. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Let's grow our faith together in the cafe today. Our program is hosted by Pastor Clark Covington and brought to you by Heartland Ministries. Grab your Bible and a hot cup of coffee or tea and join us now as we explore God's holy word. Thank you for joining me today. Today we're speaking about the heritage of right living. The heritage of right living. Uh, Man, you know, when we live right, uh, it can go really well, not just for us, but for future generations. That's what the Bible tells us. And so today on the KJV Cafe radio program, we're looking at Proverbs 20, verse 7. Proverbs 20, verse 7, the book of wisdom, and it's such a simple verse, yet so powerful. Proverbs 20, verse 7, the just man walketh in his integrity, his children are blessed after him. Oh, okay. So you could read that and say, all right, the just man, he walks in his integrity. His children are blessed after him. All right. But let's look at this. You know, when we live right, and and what is right living? It's of and for and with God, right? That's right. We know that we don't have any righteousness on our own. The Bible says we cannot do anything good on our own. So right means of and for and with God. Then we're so blessed our children inherit it. The idea that a just man walks in his integrity is so important because it has great consequences, great blessings, amen? Integrity equals a firm adherence to a code of especially moral or artistic values. That's what my dictionary tells me. Integrity is a firm adherence to a code of especially moral or artistic values. Well, let's imagine then a firm adherence to God's moral code or God's values. Where do we find those? We find those in the Bible. And when we firmly adhere to what the Bible teaches, and not just a little sliver of it here or there, right? Some people, I think they say, well, I'm trying to love my neighbor and I don't know anything else the Bible says. No, we need to dig deep. Amen. We need to understand what God has for us in his word and then apply it to our lives. Then we can, uh, I believe, expect prosperity, expect a blessing. No, I'm certainly not a prosperity preacher by any means, because that prosperity may not be in a monetary uh, way. It may just be, you may prosper with peace. Amen. You may prosper uh, with good health. You may prosper simply uh, by having the opportunity to serve God more. We don't know how God's going to bless, but what we do know is that the Bible tells us in Proverbs 20, verse 7, that a just man walks in his integrity and even his children are blessed after him. We do know that. We know that there is a, a action and a consequence. We see it. Uh, you know, it makes me think of this. God blesses so much that we can't even uh, accept all the blessing and it spills out to our kids. Our cup runneth over. It reminds me of Psalm 30, uh, 23, verse 5. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over over. So even in this wicked world, even being surrounded by people that don't believe in God, that blaspheme God and so forth, as we live for the Lord, as we walk in his ways, and as we're mocked and ridiculed and set aside and uh, labeled all kinds of stuff, God blesses. He blesses. He blesses so much, our cup runs over. And, uh, you know, this 
program is all about the Bible, and I'm not going to tell you all of this, that this happens, or that just the Proverb uh, 20 verse 7 says this. We're going to actually give a biblical example today of how the just man, when he walks in his integrity, which is in the ways of God, that his children are blessed. You know, it wasn't hard to find this example, to be honest with you. It's a very simple example. I'm sure many of you could think of it. The biblical example for Proverbs 20 verse 7 is King David. You know, King David, he showed integrity, didn't he? He walked in the ways of God. Now, King David was not perfect. We know that. But what was King David? I mean, let's look at that because he walked in integrity. He was a believer, uh, not just internally, like, okay, he had faith, but he lived his life with actions clearly showing he was believing in a living God. Have you ever thought about that? Every time David acknowledged God, every time uh, he he sought after God publicly, every time he, he was uh, um, acting as a man of God, he was doing it in a way that he was living out his faith through his actions. He was not ashamed of God. I was going to say Lord Jesus Christ, and at that time it was probably just the big G God. I'm not sure he was fully aware of the triune God, though he could have been. Uh, But he was living in a way that he said, I know the true God, the God of the Hebrews, the God of the Bible. I know that God, and I'm going to fear that God. I'm going to live for that God. So he's a believer. He sought God regularly and fervently. You know, David wasn't lukewarm. David wasn't wishy-washy. He wasn't trying to do it on his own. David sought God fervently. He went after God. Why would you seek God fervently if you didn't believe? That goes back to the idea that he believed that God could do something. He believed that God was a rewarder of those that diligently seek him, so he sought him. He publicly acknowledged God throughout his life. Think about that. Uh, David and Goliath, you know, slaying Goliath as a young man. He, um, he, he, clearly exclaims uh, before killing Goliath that he was uh, fighting on behalf of his God and he would win. He was acknowledging God then, uh, and then he was acknowledging God as he was running from Saul, asking for protection, asking for help. He was acknowledging God as he ruled over God's people, uh, acknowledging God uh, even when he would repent for something like taking the census. He was acknowledging God in the Psalms, offering great praise and adoration. If you read the Psalms, not just literally understanding them, but if you read them from the picture of what's the character of the person behind it, it's someone that has a deep affection for God, a deep reverence for God. You know, it'd be a good prayer to pray, Lord, give me that kind of reverence for you and that kind of understanding of you is there because they're so deep and they're so beautiful the way that he's calling out and praising God and explaining God in ways that we, we hardly ever hear anyone explain him today. Amen. That is someone that publicly acknowledged God. And David also, he understood God's power. He feared God. You know, today we deal with a lot of people that don't fear God. They rebel uh, at the ways of God right in the face of God. Don't be uh, misunderstood here. God is not mocked and God sees everything. It made me think of the Israelites They were uh, in the wilderness and uh, they were, um, Moses had gone up to Mount Sinai to get the commandments and they were down there asking Aaron to make them a molten cow. And they were saying, we don't know where Moses went. You know, the whole irony of that is God saw the whole thing. He saw, we know that he saw it because he told Moses, hey, you need to get down there. They're not acting right, uh, your people. Uh, And God saw it. He sees everything. And David feared God and understood that God sees everything. And today, the wickedness, the, the, uh, oh goodness, all of the wickedness we see in society today, the rebellion against God, the materialism, 
uh, the, the, the homosexuality, uh, the breaking up of the family, uh, the putting their hope and their faith in idols and false gods and all of these things and, and uh, all the pagan stuff you see everywhere today, whether it be Harry Potter or yoga. I said it both. They're both pagan. Amen. That's all people not fearing God. They don't fear God. They're saying, come on, God, come and get me. I don't fear you. David feared God, and God is not mocked, and everyone will be judged, uh, I believe this, uh, at, at the appointed time. David also understood God's character. He walked in the ways of God for the most part. Again, he wasn't perfect. He had his shortcomings, and God allowed that to be published in the Bible for us to understand that. But David walked in the ways of God for the most part. The result was a great fruit in his life. The Psalms in our Bible, it's a testament to the fruit of of what David was doing. The great kingdom that he had is a a testament to the fruit of of how he lived. The fact that he's in the line of Jesus, the fact that Jesus mentions him is a great fruit uh, in, in what he was doing. And that fruit and that blessing, it carried on to who? His son, Solomon. His son, Solomon. That's the point of the little message we have here today. David was so blessed that Solomon was blessed. Amen. Proverbs 27, 20, verse 7, the just man walketh in his integrity. David walked in his integrity and his children are blessed after him. Solomon, very blessed. Oh my goodness. Um, now I know there's scripture talking about how David would have trouble after he had uh, had that affair with uh, Bathsheba. We understand that. But just looking at this relationship with Solomon, you can't say Solomon wasn't blessed. Second uh, Chronicles uh, chapter 1, 6 through 12, and Solomon went up thither to the brazen altar before the Lord, which was at the tabernacle of the congregation, and offered a thousand burnt offerings upon it. Solomon offered a thousand burnt offerings. That's a lot of offerings, amen. That's someone that believes in God, amen. Verse 7, in that night did God appear unto Solomon. A lot of times God will appear in those night seasons, as uh, the Bible says. God appeared unto Solomon and said unto him, Ask what I shall give thee. And Solomon said unto God, Thou hast showed great mercy unto David my father, and hast made me reign in his steed. Now, O Lord, let thy promise unto David my father be established, for thou hast made me king over a people like the dust of the earth in, in multitude. Give me now wisdom and knowledge that I may go at, go and out and come in before this people, for who can judge this thy people that that is so great. Very important. It says thy people as in God's people. Solomon's asking for wisdom to judge God's people. And God said to Solomon, because this was in thine heart, and thou hast not asked for riches, wealth, honor, nor the life of thine enemies, neither yet hast thou, uh, neither yet hast asked long life, but hast asked wisdom and knowledge for thyself. For thou mayest judge my people over whom I have made thee king. Wisdom and knowledge is granted unto thee, and I will give thee riches and wealth and honor, such as none of the kings have had that have been before thee, neither shall there any after thee have the like. So that is God blessing. The result, 1 Kings 4, 29 through 34, and God gave Solomon wisdom and understanding exceeding much and largeness of heart, even as the sand that is on the seashore. And Solomon's wisdom excelled the wisdom of the children of the east country and all the wisdom of Egypt, for he was wiser than all the men. And it goes on here to speak that he wrote uh, 3,000 proverbs and songs, 1,005, and he spoke of the trees and the beasts and the creeping things and the fishes. And there was all of this wisdom that Solomon had that people from the kings from all the earth sought him. The ones that had access to the most knowledge all went and sought him. He's the wisest man, as I understand it, to ever live. And God gave him that. And God gave him that not just because he asked for it, but because he was who? He was David's son. And so that blessing had carried on through the generations. 
But lastly here, I want you to think about this. So if we live in integrity, we live close to God, our children will be blessed, and that is what we want, amen. I know as a father, I want that more than anything. What's the inverse of it? When we live in sin, generations will be cursed. You ever think about that? That when we live in sin, our sin has consequences beyond ourselves. The Lord is long-suffering and of great mercy, forgiving iniquity and transgression. This is Numbers 14, 18. And by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation. Visiting the iniquity of the fathers, that's the sin of the fathers, upon the children unto the third and fourth generation. Whoa. Three and four generations down the line could still be, the Lord could be dealing with those generations for the sin of their great-great-grandfather. What that means is when we live in sin, there's a problem. There is a, a literally like a curse that can be carried on from generation to generation. So we have to ask ourselves, what will it be? Will we have blessings that extend generations or ignite the wrath of God with our bad behavior and our sin? And you say, Brother Clark, I just want to be in the middle. I just want to not have a problem. Well, guess what? You cannot be indifferent. There's no lukewarmness allowed. Uh, The Lord can't stand a lukewarm church, a lukewarm Christian. You either are for him or you're against him. And see, understand this. If you are not for him, then you are against him. And so be for him and reap great benefits rather than being against him and deal with, again, curses of, 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 of the Lord from generation to generation. And people might say, oh, is that really true? Well, it's in the Bible. It's in my Bible. I believe it. I believe the whole Bible is true. Yes, I understand. Not everything is written directly to me uh, in this uh, church age, age of grace, uh, but it's all for me. It's something that I can understand. I understand this, that the character of God doesn't change. The same God at the time of David and Solomon is the same God today. Amen. He doesn't change. The fact that sin was repulsive and and, and awful to him then, it's still an abomination and awful to him today. He doesn't change. Amen. So what do we need to do? We need to make sure that we're not the one asking God to change, but that we are changing internally, drawing ourselves closer to him, looking to him, looking to the Proverbs, looking to the Psalms, looking to the entire Bible to understand that he will lead us and guide us, that he will help us, that he will even bless our future generations if we will just humble ourselves and seek his face and follow his ways in integrity, in integrity. Thank you for joining me. Take care. Amen. Thanks for listening to this episode of KJV Cafe. Have a question for Pastor Clark? Email him directly at clark at enduringpromise.org or visit kjvcafe.com and click the envelope button on the homepage. Our program is hosted by Pastor Clark Covington and brought to you by Heartland Ministries. We'll close today with Psalm 119, verses 166 through 168. Lord, I have hoped for thy salvation and done thy commandments. My soul hath kept thy testimonies, and I love them exceedingly. I have kept thy precepts and thy testimonies, for all my ways are before thee.